let me just remind you for a moment of the plot, as it were, of the first reading. The prophet Elisha on his travels came to regularly stop with a certain couple, foreigners, on his travels. And the lady there, as you heard, after a time said to her husband, let's build him a, a room on the roof, on the top of the house. They do that, and then, as you heard, uh, Alicia wonders what he can do for them, for this woman in particular. And his servant remarks to him, she has no son and her husband is old, let us... Uh, so Elisha uh, then promises her that by the next year she will have a son. We just recall that to you. Now I want to make a couple of kind of random remarks around that story. The first one is that that method of doing things, of just bunging another room on the top of the house, is very much still in use in that part of the world. A year or two ago I was traveling in the Holy Land with a group of pilgrims from this diocese. And as we went around, we kept passing all these single-story or two-story houses with great bits of reinforcing steel sticking up from the walls all around the place. I'm curious about that. But our local guide informed us that when they build the house, they just build the first part of it. And later on, if there are children, or when the eldest son marries and brings his wife home, they'll put more rooms on top. So the Rio, the, the steel bars are there sticking up, ready for the next floor to just be sort of put on top. They're still doing it. The second sort of footnote to the thing is that Alicia's promise to her of a son, you know. Uh, we hear that through modern Western ears and we think, oh, that's nice, that'll be lovely, you know. She'll have a little baby, it'll be so... It's not at all sentimental what Alicia is doing. His servant has told him she has no son and her husband is old. So she is facing that terrible prospect for a person of that time, a woman of that time, of being widowed with no one to support her. And so... He, in God's name, promises her a son, which, of course, you anticipate does indeed happen. But, you know, it's, it's more than just, oh, it'd be lovely for her to have a baby. It, it is looking after her as she has looked after him. And indeed, going back to that building method, we sort of have the whole circle. Because what she has done for him is give him the room that they would otherwise have provided for their son. She's almost given him the place in her house of a son. It's very intimate, it's very lovely. And so Elisha's gift back to her is equally generous. Would God grant her a son? And of course, as you can see from the lining that up with the gospel, with Jesus, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Anyone who welcomes a disciple, even a tiny little one, will not lose their reward. Today, we're just being asked to think about that Christian virtue of, of hospitality, which is a species of generosity. <laughs> the 
woman in the first reading has been generous and she has been hospitable. And we are commended, or at least the virtue of hospitality and of generosity is commended to us as part of the Christian life. Not from out of nowhere, but because it is God-like. Because if we are to be like our Father in heaven, we will be generous and we will be hospitable. It's very many years ago that I first read a book by the great French theologian Yves Congar, very important theologian for the Second Vatican Council. And Congar often wrote on the church, but on this occasion he was on something else. And he was being critical in a way, not, not, not critical, but pointing out some of the weaknesses of our uh, taking up from St. John's Gospel the phrase, God is love. Because what does that mean to modern people? In the post-19th century romanticism, you know, uh, love is all sorts of strange things. We love ice cream. We love all sorts of... Congar said, it's always been the view of the fathers of the church and so on, that love is the character of God because love pours out from the one who loves. It's directed to the other. And that's, you know, the reason for creation, the reason for any of us, the reason for, our, for grace, the reason for the spirit being bestowed on us. It's the God who is forever giving, ever pouring himself out. And so Congar said, as, as love can be very soppy word in modern French apparently, as well as in modern English, Really, we're being told God is generosity. God is giving. And generosity, and part of a species, a type of generosity, is that hospitality, and particularly the hospitality to the stranger. Now, this addresses us individually, eh? During this time of uh, COVID virus and lockdowns and so on and so forth, we have had to care for the people around us in a range of ways, from looking after the neighbour next door to just caring for the other people in the shop, in the street, by not sort of getting too close and breathing all over them or something. It's a strange species of hospitality, but it is that taking care of one another. And of course, when we start talking about hospitality, that also addresses us and challenges us as a nation. We have not been good at welcoming the stranger, to say the very least. Whether that is about letting them into the country in the first place, or acknowledging and welcoming the gifts that people bring with them from other parts of the world, the different cultures and uh, the uh, qualities and the ways of the, of the foreigner, you know, to be, to be a welcoming nation Boy, that is, that is challenging when apparently there are so many votes, <laughs> our politicians think at least, there are so many votes in being unwelcoming. So look, these things are just put before us as I think I remarked last week, the great thing about the readings in ordinary time is they talk to us about the daily things of Christian life. And for us today, we're being asked about our living of God's generosity, of being 
like the Father, like his Christ, giving of ourselves in generous generosity and generous service and welcoming that other form of generosity that makes what is mine is available to you, the hospitality that was held up to us in the first reading and that Jesus commends in the gospel in a way. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. And there indeed is a fine motive for us to be a welcoming and generous people, to show the face of God and his Christ in our time and in our world. So we'll build a room on our roof when we have to, eh? We'll expand the little dimensions of our life to make it a bit bigger to accommodate the other who looks to us for help or succor or sheer friendship.